funky, just sulky, over funky, kinda hunky, superhero, hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero, and exotically erotic and aquatic superhero, the Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello, welcome to Marvel Vision, uh, Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sanga. I am one of the hosts of the show. My name is Devin Faraci. Joining me, as he always does, I am smelling like a rose on my birthday deathbed. Somebody, ah, I screwed it up. Damn it! You're, I'm Derek. You are like zero for twenty on intros. <laughs> I know. I'm very tired. I'm really, I'm Why are you so tired? I'm trying to get back into a realistic um, day frame. Instead of waking up at like noon and going to bed at three. So I've been waking up at eight. And I've also, now that I'm vaccinated and whatnot, going back to the gym. And so I'm just very tired and sore and I'm all over the place. You know, my advice to you is not to just jump it to eight, but to move it back a couple of an hour every day. Yeah, I'm figuring that out. Because it's a pretty hard, hard dramatic change to go from like sleeping until noon until getting up at eight every day. But if you like start getting up like eleven, then ten thirty, then like ten, then nine thirty, yeah. you, know, you can really work your way back. Yeah. The hard part is like I wake up, I'm like I'm up, I'm ready, and then I'm like I have nothing to do. So yeah. why am I waking up? Yeah. And then I, you know, I hang out and I I read comics. There you go. Speaking of, I want to give a special, super duper thank you. To one of our listeners, uh, and my buddy Todd, who sent me for my birthday the Crisis on Infinite Earths box set, 14 volumes that covers every crisis from the first one to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Wow. And it is amazing. It is so beautiful. That's incredible. That includes, yes. That's until the the big crisis, not until like Infinite Crisis or the no, latest j- crisis. J- just to cri- – from – Justice League 21, the first crisis, Crisis on Earth 1, Crisis on Earth 2, mm-hmm. to Crisis on Infinite Earths, the 1985-86 series, and it includes all the crossover issues that connect to Crisis on Infinite Earths. So you get like All-Star Squadron issues 50 through 60, Green Lanterns 194 through 198, and <coughs> excuse me, and all that kind of stuff. It's Yo, crazy. I just looked this up. Your, your friend Todd's been a buck on you. Yes, he is a great friend. Wow. That's a nice box, too, it looks like. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. And the whole packaging is beautiful. I'm loving it. All right. Well, besides that, you got any news for us? I do. Um, Kevin Feige has teased that Elizabeth Olsen isn't done with the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. After Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Which was a response to her saying that there would not be a, a WandaVision season two. He's like, well, you know. There's other places that she'll be showing up. Don't worry about it. Or in, in other words, I guess you could say like Elizabeth Olsen is done with Scarlet Witch, but Scarlet Witch ain't done with Elizabeth Olsen. There you go. I mean, she, you know, these characters, unless they are killed off, and even, and even then, then, you know. <laughs> although the dead characters have mostly, although Tony Stark's going to show up in Black Widow, but, you know, I'd say um, that's a prequel. So. And Vision showed up in WandaVision. Yes. <laughs> and... and- and Phil Coulson was on S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, every character has died has come back. Loki's got a TV show. Loki's got a TV show, and Gamora came back, tw- like, 12 minutes after she died. And, you know, so... She's still dead at the end of um, Endgame. 
I guess, but they they have the one from earlier in time that's running around now. Yeah, I'm curious how that. Which works you would out. think the TVA would be like that's not allowed, <laughs> but, but apparently it's fine. Oh, well, we're gonna find out what happens to the TVA. That's, but the TVA already knows all of that stuff. Yeah, but I'm not sure how they operate. You know what I mean? Like what they're they have a linear time in their own world. You know what I mean? Do they? I, well, we'll get into that in the episode because Loki kind of questions that at one point in the episode, yeah. in this week's episode. Any other news? Yes, this connects to the Marvel, but it also connects to us and the, the fact that Disney hates us, I guess. Disney's going to move all of their shows to Wednesdays. So that's fun. I am curious about this because I just can't imagine that they're going to have... I mean, right now, it's not a problem because they don't have a they don't have high-profile Star Wars and Marvel shows right now. Like, Bad Batch is great, but it's not high-profile. Um, like, Mandalorian's high-profile, right? And yeah. are they going to just put two fucking shows out on Wednesday mornings? I just can't imagine that's the I mean, that's what they were doing on Fridays. They were just putting out everything on Friday, right? There wasn't that much crossover, though, was there? There wasn't that many... It wasn't like I watched... Like I don't Disney, think there Star, was. There wasn't. I, I didn't watch a Star Wars yeah. show and then a Marvel show. Those shows all had their own day. No, you that's not I mean? true because we were doing, although I, I was there. No, we, I guess we were doing Rebels when WandaVision was on. Yeah, right? we were doing Rebels when WandaVision was on. Yeah, so I don't really know how that's going to work. Like you're going to put Book of Boba Fett on the exact same day as Ms. Marvel? That just seems like you're cannibalizing your own audience. I don't know. And they're doing it with other stuff because, I mean, you know, you're going to be looking at Monsters at Work, Turner and Hooch, Chip and Dale. Yeah, but that doesn't drop me on the same day. And I would think Monsters at Work and Chippendale are similar audiences, right? Sort of, but I wonder if those audiences, because they're kids and they're half hour shows, those kids would just watch the show. I'm talking about adults, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure. I guess we'll see what happens. It seems like such a knee jerk reaction to like people like Loki put everything on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't think it's a knee jerk reaction. I'm sure they probably saw a difference in the in the reaction, but I'm sure they also recognize Friday as a very packed day in the streaming universe. Yes. So I think that's the other piece of it. I just, I don't know why they don't just spread it out across the week. They might start doing that right now. The plan is to do on Wednesdays, yeah. but then once they have a uh, star Wars and a Marvel at the same time, but you know, bad batch is moving to Wednesdays right now. So is it? Yes. Everything is moving to Wednesday is July 1st. Oh, wow. That's so that. Yeah. That's why I said, Disney hates us. Oh, that sucks for us. Okay, that sucks for us. I yeah. thought they were going to keep Bad Batch to the end of the season. I li- from the article, it sounds like everything. This is it. Everything officially moves to, to Wednesdays. Well, we'll see what the long-term aspect of this is. Yeah. Everybody's figuring everything out, you know? Yes. Everything's in the air. And there you go. What else we got? Um, I guess that's it. Uh, Anthony Mackie put his foot in his mouth today. Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to want to talk about that or not. Let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. I don't have it, but I, I, I was reading about it earlier, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Mackie put his foot in his mouth today uh, when asked by Variety about uh, romance stuff and about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier um, being romantic or whatever. And, um, he said stupid shit is what, is what he said. Frankly, I think I understand what he was trying to say, but I think it's also clear why Anthony Mackie is an actor and not a writer is what, is what this teaches me. Yeah. I mean it, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like it's tough because, um, 
he um they ask about uh the rumors was what Dryde asked, which is no rumors. There's no rumors. There's just like people shipping them. Yeah. That's not a rumor, right? No. So um he uh uh he talks about says so many things are twisted and convoluted. There's so many things that people latch onto with their own devices to make themselves relevant and rational. He says the idea of two guys being friends and loving each other in 2021 is a problem because of the exploitation of homosexuality. It used to be guys can't be, can, used to be guys can be friends. We can hang out and it was cool. You'd always meet your friends at the bar. You know, you can't do that anymore because something as pure and beautiful as homosexuality has been exploited by people who are trying to rationalize themselves. So something that's always been very important to me is showing a sensitive masculine figure. There's nothing more masculine than being a superhero and flying around and beating people up. But there's nothing more sensitive than having emotional conversations in a kindred spirit, spirit friendship with someone that you care about and love. Sam and Steve had a relationship where they admired, appreciated, and loved each other. Bucky and Sam had a relationship where they learned how to accept, appreciate, and love each other. You call it a bromance, but it's literally just two guys who have each other's backs. Yeah. So, you know, so first of all, all the shit that he says there, the way that he says it is so dumb. Yes. Truly, like, to say... Something as pure and beautiful as homosexuality has been exploited by people who try to rationalize themselves. It's such a wild-ass thing to say from a guy who's obviously been put on the spot and does not yes. 100% know what to say. Yeah, and that's the thing is he's put on the spot. He's like, what? Like, And his answer should have been like, hey, they're having fun, whatever. It's fine. But I think he was trying to make a, a different point. He was trying to make – and I, this is a point that I'm going to get myself in trouble here potentially. But it was a point that I sort of agree with, which is that um, – so a, this is a multi-sided thing, right? So the, the point that he's making that I agree with is that it is important to be able to show male friendships in media that are not sexual in nature. That feels really important to me to show men being sensitive and emotional with each other without giving the implication of sexuality feels important. It's also important to show men and women having non-sexual relationships, right? I think that's important. I think that's not nothing wrong with having a sexual relationship, heterosexual. But not every relationship is sexual. Right. And yeah. um, we need to, you know, so the, 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 that's important. We don't, we don't see a lot of good male friendships in general. Um and when we do have good male friendships, they often get shipped into uh, romances. The flip side of it is there are no major queer characters who are having homosexual relationships. And so the fans are forced to write these for themselves. Yes. So this is the, this is the flip side. Like the flip side thing is that um, it's the, the Frodo Sam relationship. It's too bad that it keeps getting sexualized. Because it's nice to have a strong, emotional, loving male friendship that that goes against toxic masculine visions and allows these guys to be very intimate in very emotional ways. Um, and to you know to to make that sexual, I think is is not great because I think we need those things. But at the same time, we definitely need homosexual characters who are having romantic relationships, flirtations, back and forths, whatever with each other, because we don't have it. And that's the reason why fans have to fill in the blanks with these other characters. Um, the thing that Mackie should have just said was, you know what, like whatever you think, you know, good for you. Yeah. That's it. That's all you got to say. But yeah. but I also don't know, like, I don't know what the question was. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so I'm really curious what the question was because they don't write, they don't do it in Q&A format in this article. Yeah. Um, the shit that he said was so dumb and he's going to be apologizing by tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, but I think that, you know, A, not every friendship in media needs to be romance. And I think that it's weird to romanticize literally every single to ship every single 
character with each other. People also ship real actors with each other. I think that's actually a sickness. That's but very dangerous. It's that very weird. Very wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, we need more queer representation in these stories with major characters, not with yes. like, here's Disney's first gay character. And it's like some side character who has no relationship or even a scene with another person. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah. uh, so that those are the two sides of this, I think, to me. And I, I you know, I, I think both are, are, for me, true. We need to allow to have sensitive, emotional male relationships that are not sexualized and we also need to have stronger and better queer representation higher up the ladder on these shows we need a show with main characters who have those kinds of relationships like i can only think of one superhero show that has main characters that are uh gay and in a relationship and that's legends of tomorrow you know where, where it's uh, sarah lance and um ava are together and they like run the team together and stuff. But even that it's, it's rarely a, like this season has been a pretty much, a, it's been a big part of the focus because they're separated, blah, 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 not important, but it's never a huge deal. You know, it's never like, it, it's never a focus of the show in any way. Like everybody knows it, but it's never, it's not what the characters are. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right wording here. I, the show doesn't, celebrate that so much you know it's just like this is who they are and that's it. and there's a lot of gay characters on, on legends of tomorrow i guess at the end of the day but uh that's the only one out of how many shows out of like 20 yeah, there's a lot shows? of shows you and know? it really is crazy a lot of superhero shows a lot of superhero movies there's a gazillion fucking marvel characters on screen at this point like I mean, have we had a, a gay marvel character yet on screen no no, That's Joe crazy. Joe Russo played a gay guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so dumb. Yeah, Marvel's first gay character—it's director Joe Russo. It's, it's a guy who says, "I went on a date <laughs> with um, another guy," and it's oh, yeah. isn't that sad? It's like really like. That's pretty wild. When you there's think so about and it. there's so many characters. They're like 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 this episode of Loki that we're going to talk about introduces a character I never thought we'd see on any media. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the episode, it's introduced. It's like, wow, this character, I never expected this character. They can introduce <laughs> all these characters, but like they can't make any of them gay. It's pretty weird. They've been pretty good about race bending. Yes. Characters. I think they've done a modestly successful job in that. But the fact that these characters are all heterosexual and most of them, their heterosexuality is not nothing to do with their character at all. They're just heterosexual well, because they were invented in the sixties. And, and even like there's, there's an ongoing thing online about how the Marvel movies have no sexuality to them. Even the relationships that exist are extremely non-sexual. Like, right. you know, and, and that's definitely on purpose that they do that. You know. Yeah, no, they definitely do. But that actually makes it even lamer not to have any gay yes. characters because it's not like you're having hard fucking in these movies. No. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so the fact that you, all you're going to get is characters who maybe hold hands or like have like a kiss before they go off in a fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's like not like a lot of like deep sexuality in these. So just having characters that have romantic things going on or side stories, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it, there's no excuse for it at this point. And I think Mackie's answer was terribly spoken. He did not, he did not speak well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a bummer. He should have just said, we're men, we wrestle. He should have been like, you know, we fucked one time. Yeah. 
Oh, they definitely got it on. Sure, yeah. Actually, what it should have been is that uh, is, is that he should have said, you know what? I don't really want to address that, but if you think that Bucky is a bottom, you're totally correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what he should have said. Bucky Bottom Barnes. That's what Bucky, they call him. Bucky Bottom Barnes. All right. We got any more Marvel news? That's all I've got. You got any That's Marvel got. jokes? You got any jokes that are actually about Marvel? Yes, I want you to know because we discussed this last week that we should only do the jokes that have Marvel. I had to read through twelve pages to get to Marvel jokes again. So th- th- one of the shticks on this show that we started on the Bad Batch, our Star Wars show, is that Derek reads Marvel jokes from a Marvel joke book. He started reading Star Wars jokes from a Star Wars joke book on that show, and we do it here. But the problem is the Marvel joke book that Derek bought is barely a marvel joke book somebody got the license and like slapped a couple of pictures of spider-man and captain america on a really traditional children's joke book like a lot of like chicken cross the road shit and didn't even bother trying to fit in marvel characters no where aaron stark in his his star wars joke book every joke was about star wars god stark yes the god aaron stark the god aaron stark he was great we miss you aaron we're we're done with your book unfortunately what do we got what do we got here all right now how does Groot get on the internet? How does Groot get on the internet? He logs on. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. That works. What does Groot wear to the pool party? What does a swimming trunk? Yep. Swimming yeah. trunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Last what's, one. what's Groot's favorite soda? What's Groot's favorite soda? Root beer. Root beer. Yep, oh, yes. Look at me. Ding, 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 ding. All right. That's actually not fun for me to guess the jokes. Um, well, it would help if the jokes were hard to figure out. Do they all just group together? All the group jokes are just grouped together? I'm in a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy section mm. where now Spider-Man is hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy and they're telling jokes. Mm. And um, I had to go through five pages of Guardians of the Galaxy jokes before they got to jokes about any of the characters from Guardians of the Galaxy. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. All right. Before that, you get stuff like, what did the duck say when I bought lipstick? Put it on my bill. <laughs> Why you couldn't make that about Howard, Howard the Duck? Howard the Duck. Yeah, man. All right. You ready to talk about uh, Loki? I am. Let's do it. Loki, season one, episode two, The Variant. Uh, so uh, this show opens, a, a really clever open. Um, it opens in a Ren fair, but like in the immediate moment, like you're not sure if it's a Ren fair or just a very shitty medieval town. I thought it was a shitty medieval town at first. <laughs> so then, then I noticed the guy wearing glasses. I was like, oh, that's good. It's a Ren fair. It's so okay. good. Because like for a hot second, you're like, oh, this is a shit. They did a bad fucking job with this yeah, medieval I like, town. I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> this really- is Legends of Tomorrow level. <laughs> Which now that that's the second mention of Legends of Tomorrow, yes, I do love that show as a matter of fact. 
Yeah, but their budget is low. Yes. Um, and uh, what happens is uh, it turns out that the uh, there's a Nexus event happening here. Yes. And uh, the Minutemen show up. Yes, and, and, and they and they meet Kate Berlant for two seconds. They do meet Kate Berlant for two seconds. Which I was really shocked by. I was like, oh, she's definitely coming back. And then she never comes back. Not only she not come back, but I think her timeline is erased. Yeah. Um, so uh, interesting that she shows up. She, I, I guess she could still show up in a Marvel thing later, right? Sure. Nobody's going to yeah. go, wait, what? I thought she was in Wisconsin 85. No, there's there's people that have shown up in Marvel movies and then shown up again as somebody else where they played like a minor role or like a one line thing and then showed up as another character. So they show up in here and they are chasing this variant and they're just in this Nexus uh, event. And uh, yeah, like uh Cape Berlant sees them and says, Hey, you're dressed wrong. You know, this matters to some of us, which is uh, interesting uh, to me. Why? Because I had thought that they were, they had not said anything, but I kind of figured they were going with uh, the doctor who answer to where they just, to everyone around them, they look proper. No, I, the answer is these people are all going to be erased. Doesn't no, they're matter. all going to be erased. But like later on, when they're in like Pompeii, nobody's like, "What's up with what these guys? How these guys are dressed or anything?" Or they just appeared out of a wall and like so. I that's how I thought it worked. I thought I was just going off of Doctor Who logic, where it's like, "Yeah, we, to them we look fine. It's not a big deal." No, I like this logic that they just look like themselves. Uh, you know, in Pompeii, I think that's just that seems like half joke. Yeah. So there's like a lot of like humor in that scene in terms of how people respond. Um, but uh, they're there looking for this nexus and they go into like the like jousting arena and all of a sudden Bonnie Tyler's I need a hero comes on and uh, this song plays over the variant Loki comes out of the shadows and touches Hunter C20 on the head and she's brainwashed and she starts fighting and killing her own unit. Um, and then she passes out when, uh, it's all done. And then that Loki variant grabs her and takes her through, uh, a time door. Yes. So meanwhile, Loki is wearing a suit and I'm sorry, wearing a tie and a, and a dress shirt. And he's sitting at a, uh, a cubicle. Uh, he looks, he looks for all the world, like a 1980s cop. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's talking to Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes, who is right yelling at him because she's trying to give him training and he does not care. He is, in fact, reading a jet ski magazine. Yes. Um, and so uh, they get a call that the ambush has happened and um, they're going to go in to uh, check it out. And Mobius wants Loki to come with him uh, because Mobius wants Loki to be there because he thinks that Loki can help find the Loki variant. I, I like that he gives Loki the jacket and Loki seems truly excited to wear it he does he really loves getting the jacket he gets <laughs> so interesting to me and then it's like a total bummer because they like make him look at the back and it's this variant in giant yeah. letters on the back yeah. boy this show's had a number of different outfits that are like just begging to be halloween costumes for the yes. half-assed people in the audience including myself like the variant jacket come on there's something that happened on twitter this week and i wish i could have found the person's tweet so i could give them proper credit but it was a tweet about how what tv shows make the eighties look like, and it's all like hyper wear and all that kind of stuff, like right. the crazy colors and what the eighties really were. And it's a picture of a ashtray from McDonald's. It's just yeah, brown. I saw that one. Yes. Yeah. And watching this episode, I was like, they really nail what the eighties look like, even though the time variant is not in the eighties, but they look like it's the eighties. Cause it is all those drab Browns and concrete and like, yeah, that off orange. That's not bright. 
but it's not dull and it's, you don't like it. It's like late seventies, early eighties. Um, it's it's this deeply bureaucratic looking. It's like we talked about it last week. It's got like big um uh Britain in the seventies vibes, a lot of it. Like uh yeah, like nobody smokes in these offices, but you can imagine they smoke yeah. in these offices. Well, it it's always smoky in those offices. It's very smoky in, in the time offices. It's good lighting, baby. Or they're just smoking a lot. So they um they go to take Loki to this uh to this timeline branch, but the other ones um just are not that excited to have Loki along with them. They do not like it. And uh Mobius decides to offer Loki a meeting with the timekeepers. Uh should he cooperate? I'm gonna I'm gonna condense some stuff here because this episode is another one with a lot of talking. I loved yeah. it. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about the talking. Yeah. But I don't want to I don't want to like have to point remember for, exactly when the conversation when they were saying yeah. things and so this episode one of the big things happening in this episode is that mobius is like not two steps ahead of loki but just like gets loki very deeply yes and truly understands that loki's goal is to weasel up to the timekeepers betray them well, and take well, over the tva because yeah, at one point loki is like like you don't understand i'm i'm playing a different game than you are i'm 10 steps ahead of you and he just goes yeah what well, you want to meet the uh the time lords that's that's your goal and you'll <laughs> you'll convince them that you're cool, and then you'll take over. And Loki looks so shocked that he figured it out. It's so great. <laughs> it's like the most obvious plan. It's so, it's so great. It's so so good. Um, and yeah, and so- the, the, the was it's like he's like he's like. He's like, look, I'm not the kind of fellow who stabs someone in the back. And he's like, yes, you are. I've studied your life. You've done that like 50 times. <laughs> and he goes, well, I won't. I'll never do it again. <laughs> he goes, it's, it's boring now. It's boring now. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. This show is really great because it takes Loki. It has it, like it, it. It knows that we know things about Loki. And then it like kind of lampshades those things and says, oh, yeah, he's going to try to betray the timekeepers. We know that too. Like we're not going to that. That isn't the big twist. You know what I mean? Like like so whatever's going to happen, obviously, Loki at some point in the show is going to come out on top in some way. Um, but like very upfront, they're like very upfront. Like, OK, this is everything you think Loki's going to do in the show. We're just going to fucking make fun of it right up front. Yeah, it's truly great. It also really works, though. Oh, it works perfectly. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um, so they go back to 1985, they bring Loki and Loki does this whole thing where he's like, wait, I sense a scheme. (laughs) And he does this whole bullshit act where he's like holding them until it's like, he's, it seems like he's trying to make the timeline break. I think he wants to see what happens. He wants to see what happens, I think, because the, it's, yeah. it's approaching the red line where this timeline branch will hit, breaks the red line. It'll break off into a thousand different directions and create real chaos. And um, also this app, by the way, this scene also answers a strong question about how the TVA works. About why they just can't go back in time before the variant, before the Nexus event and just stop it before it even happens. I don't remember. Yeah, when they first show up in Wisconsin, Loki asks him, like, why don't you just go, yeah. like, see, you're missing a person. Why don't you just go back in time before she's kidnapped and get her? And he says, well, because this timeline right now is in deep flux, we have to just oh, yeah, deal yeah. with it in real time. It's it's a hand wave, but, like, they address it at least, which yeah. I think I, I appreciate. So it turns out they, they figure out pretty quickly that he is just fucking with them. And so they take him back. They erase the timeline. They, they, they figure it out real quick. But Mobius just lets him keep going. Mobius is really hoping. He's really hoping against hope. Yes. Uh, there's a line that Mobius has in this episode, which is, uh, listen, 
maybe I believe that you can change and that you're just that frightened child and I see something different in you, or maybe I'll just tell you whatever you need to hear so you can help me. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you, you, you decide. And that, that really is like where we are at Mobius. At this well, point. He calls him an ice runt, which I an ice runt. Like. Yes, he does. I yes. Like that a lot. Um, so they, they, they have to prune the timeline. They, they, they delete everybody. They go back and Mobius has a meeting with Ravona Renslayer, which um, I did not uh, know her uh, first name until this episode. I did not either. But uh, listener Charles Villanueva, he hit me up on Twitter and pointed out after our last episode that that's uh, uh, Ravona Renslayer, who is the girlfriend of Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, she's Kang the Conqueror as well. Girlfriend's a weird term because in her original introduction, and there's like a lot, this can, this is complicated. I'm only going to give some of the early stuff here. I'm not going to go deep because Kang and Marvel time travel stuff gets it's very it's, complicated, yeah. very weird quickly. It's wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah. In, uh, in the future that Kang comes from, he is at war with a rival kingdom, and she is the princess of a rival kingdom, and he's in love with her. Yeah. And so he's trying to win her love. And he also tries to like trick her into loving him. Yeah. And she ends up in stasis. He does a whole bunch of dumb shit for her, her love. They do eventually a variant of her becomes his girlfriend. Um, yeah. But I don't think the main one of her, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how that all applies. You know what I mean? But yes, Ravona is a real major character in the Kang mythos. Yes. And I did not realize that last week. I, I did not either. And knowing that this week, uh, it became real fun watching her in her office when when she's like, yeah, I have another agent that I work with. And like, that's Kang. It's got to be Kang. Right? It's got to be Kang. Right. It's interesting, is it? And also, so she has this meeting on Mobius and she's like, this Loki stuff is bullshit. Like, you got to fucking delete this guy. And he's like, no, no, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I can make this work. But also they talk about the time, the timekeepers. And she's like real evasive about the timekeepers. Yes. Like in a real deep way. This episode begins setting up, I think, a lot of questions for us. Like, wait. Are the timekeeper? Well, first of all, we kind of already assume they're no good, but like, secondly, like, are they real? <laughs> yeah, th- th- there's two things I think this episode tells us is going to happen in the future. If you know anything about storytelling, one, uh, at some point, Mobius is going to ride a, a jet ski. Uh, that's got to be the final episode. That's got to be right? like the big action sequence, right? Yeah. And two, the Time Lords, they don't exist or they're dead. So something has happened to them that they are not around i would say that that seems really reasonable and that that seems totally correct to me um and she's so evasive about them and mobius has never met them and it just seems pretty weird so here's a here's another thing with the jet ski and i wish i could take credit for this idea but i read it on the internet he says for a brief shining moment in the early 90s form and function came together in, in the jet ski. Yeah. And somebody said, what if everybody at the TVA is actually a variant that they've mind wiped and enslaved? Oh. What if the timekeepers didn't make anybody like they didn't make these people? What if they, and what if, what if Owen Wilson's a dude from the nineties? Yeah. Which really fits with Owen Wilson. Like if you're going to pull like, you're going to do like a nineties act, a guy from the nineties to be the nineties guy in the show. Owen Wilson's a pretty good fucking choice. You know, yes. he's not like so nineties that it's like a joke. He's, he's like Seth green. Yes. Where it's yeah. a joke, but he's a guy who did a lot of his big work in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, the nineties is when the late mid to late nineties is when he popped it was like yeah. bottle rocket, you know, so that's, I guess like wedding crashers was 2000. Right? Yeah. But still he's yeah. like, an, he's like, he's from, that's where he, but he's got up. like that nineties surfer kind of 
skater thing to him, you know? Yeah, and so that's an interesting vibe, the idea that maybe all of these people that work for the TVA are actually all people, variants, who have had their mind wiped. Although uh, Eugene kind of screws that up because he doesn't know what a fish is. But No, it actually works. If they've all been mind wiped, maybe he's been too mind wiped. Oh, okay, okay. That's why he's just a clerk. Do you know what I mean? But they can also pick up Infinity Stones. They don't work there. The Infinity Stones don't work there. That was established last, last week. That's true. Yeah, they just don't work. Yeah. That's very weird. Um, so that's an interesting theory, I think, you know? Yeah. So uh, Renslayer tells Mobius, listen, you get one more chance with this Loki dude, and the timekeepers are really paying a lot of fucking attention, so do not screw this up. Yeah. So he takes <laughs> Loki to the library. Well, and, and then we get a close-up of, of the pen, which must be important in some fashion, although I cannot figure out how. Yeah, I couldn't figure out how the, either. Uh, Roosevelt High School. But uh, the internet but, seems to think it's connected to to Molecule Man, but that doesn't make sense. To me. That does I don't get that either. Because their entire thing is like Molecule Man's from Brooklyn. It's like, well, ninety percent of Marvel heroes are from Brooklyn. Like, like that doesn't mean anything. So is the thing. Like, you know, there's tons of them. I mean, I wonder honestly um, if that's just a joke. It, but to cut to a close-up shot of the pen, that's got to mean something. Yeah, but the reason why right. I think I'm or trying to figure out WandaVision where they're just tossing in stuff to to keep you. Guessing. I mean, it might be to keep you guessing because here's the do you, do you get do you get the joke of Roosevelt High School with TVA? No. So in the real world, the TVA is the Tennessee Valley Authority, and it's a public power company that Franklin Roosevelt created as part of the New Deal. Oh. So every time they say TVA on the show, I just think of the Tennessee Valley Authority. You know, I always think of it. I watched the five-part PBS Roosevelt's documentary. Many times I've watched it because I love it. I absolutely love it. (laughs) How big of a nerd do you have to be to put that one together? I mean, it just is obvious to me. Like, I mean, just TVA is like one of the really um, things that came out of that. I mean, you know, it just, it really, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, I just the new. It's like a major New Deal thing. It's like one of the. It's like one of the biggest New Deal things, the public's work project, public works projects, and then the TVA. Um. So, you know, it was. Uh, that's just so maybe that's the joke. Maybe that's the whole joke. Maybe I don't know. You know, maybe it is like a WandaVision Easter egg that's meant to actually throw you off yeah. a little bit. So Mobius takes Loki to the library, and they decide that they're going. He's going to make them look at all these files about the variant using his like Loki perspective. And Loki tries to go to the librarian. And he tries to get all the files on the timekeepers, but they're all classified. He tries to get all the files on the beginning of time. Those are classified. The end of time also classified, but what he does, is he gets all the files uh, about himself. Yes. And while he's reading the files, he comes across information about Ragnarok and the destruction of Asgard and the Avengers. Yes. And he has, uh, a realization. And he realizes that any place where an apocalypse is happening, and I think Ragnarok was a class seven apocalypse, I think. That's what it said, yeah. Uh, and if it's an apocalypse is happening where everybody's being killed, you can do whatever the fuck you want if you're a time traveler because it will not create any branching realities. And the TVA only becomes aware of you if there's a branching reality coming off the sacred timeline. Yeah. And so he realizes that, in fact, the variant Loki is probably hanging out in an apocalypse. That probably that's the base. That whenever a variant Loki goes off, does a mission, goes back to an apocalypse, 
and hides out there and does whatever they want because since everybody's going to be killed immediately, no, no, nothing, yeah, yeah, no, no variations happen. Um, he uh, Loki explains this to Mobius in my favorite, maybe my favorite scene of the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, this was fantastic. Uh, he takes Mobius's lunch and he just ruins it. He ruins it like purposefully destroys it uh, to explain this premise by pouring salt, pepper, and then eventually um, Eugene's uh, uh, juice box. Yeah. Uh, into it, uh, but but it makes a lot of sense to Mobius. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So even though Mobius, well, is it, really, it doesn't make any sense to Mobius. Well, when no, he he's, like, it, and he's he's like all all you've done is destroyed my lunch, and he's like, well, okay, it's not a great metaphor. But so they what they do is they go test it out. It again. Yeah. So they go they they go to Pompeii right before it's to be destroyed, and they show up in the Pompeii Times Square, and there is like a the the volcano is 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 in the background rumbling, and. All the Pompeians are just doing their shit. And the premise is Loki's like, okay, I'm going to go fuck with them. And then if this creates a branching timeline. This, this is great too, because first Mobius is like, can you make bird noises? We'll start small. <laughs> like, like, what? Like, like, I want to know what his bird noise plan was. I really want to know. <laughs> um, so Loki goes into the town square and starts shouting in Latin at these people, telling them he's from the future and that they're all going to die. And then he lets the goats loose to run around. And as this happens, nothing branches off. There's no branch because all these people are minutes away from being killed. So there's no chance of changing the future. What's fun reality. too is that Loki speaks, uh, I guess it's Latin. Latin, right? Yeah. But in the first episode, we saw that he couldn't speak to the people in, where were they, Mongolia? Where was it that he shows up? Uh, yeah, it was Mongolia. That yeah. I, I'm not going to chalk, I'm, I'm not going to take too much canon out of that because I think that was a joke. I, I take it as he knows Latin, but not that language. I mean, Latin makes sense for him to know because yeah. we know they're going to be introducing the Roman gods into yeah. and the Greek gods into the into the MCU in the coming uh, films. So he might have spoken that language to those people. He's not very yeah. good at it. I, I well, I don't speak Latin, so I can't. Neither say do anything. I. But you could tell by his fucking pronunciation that it's not good. Um, so, but it turns out that it works. So the, the there are no branching timelines. Although I kept thinking that you still can fuck up and create a branching timeline. I would think, or maybe not. I mean, like, if you go back in time and you drop like your your ID card, yeah, and then it gets covered by the ash of Pompeii, and then two thousand years later somebody finds it when they're excavating, is that a branch? Did you create a branching timeline, or is that well, just that, that's, that's the timeline? That's arguably what happens. What happened in the first episode, and that gets picked up here with the with the candy. Well, yeah. So. <clears throat> It's you know so this is this is a big deal, um, and uh, they are uh, they have figured out that this actually is going to really really work, um, and then they have like another um, interesting discussion, which is that Loki talks to Mobius about what the plan is. You know, like what like what what even is the deal here with with the timekeepers? Like how is time supposed to end and. Mobius tells him that the timekeepers are very busy. They are unraveling the future from its infinite branches. So they are yeah. they are taking the infinite branches of the future and they are winnowing it down to one outcome. Yeah. And the TVA, he says, protects what came before. So they have created this sacred timeline by getting rid of pruning everything around it, and the TVA makes sure that the sacred timeline stays intact. Yeah. Um so they are moving in linear time within their own world. 
in some fa- because they still do know the future. They know the future, right? But we don't like, know how, how far into the how future far into the future they yeah. know, right? which is a bit when they're in Pompeii when Loki's like, "We're from the future." Is the TVA the future? It's not clear. You sound futuristic. <laughs> I'm not really sure if you're the future, and, and I think that's an interesting aspect of the show as well. Is that it's not clear when the TVA is taking is set, you know, or how no, much not- they know. Right. I mean, they're they're outside of time. I think so. They're not really anywhere. But how much do they know about the future is a good question because this conversation makes it seem like at least at some point in the timeline, the future is still in motion. Flux, yeah. Um, So they can see ahead certainly to some extent, but how far, we don't know. But this gets Mobius also thinking – they also have a conversation where, um, you know, Mobius says that, you know – Loki's like a child and looks like, I know one thing a child doesn't know. Nobody is all good and nobody is all bad. Um, which is about the timekeepers because Mobius is pretty fanatical about the timekeepers. It turns out, yeah. and t- then Mobius decides to start talking about um, the Kablooey candy that he got from that kid in France. Yeah, and they look it up, and Kablooey only sold between twenty forty seven and twenty fifty one. Well, this is a great bit too, where he's like candy, and they go over, and he tells them, like, "Yeah, this candy we found, blah blah blah." And Loki's like, "What is that?" And he's like, it, "It don't don't you have candy on Asgard?" And he's like, "Yeah, we have grapes and nuts." And he's like, "No wonder why you're so bitter." it never occurred to me that they don't have candy on asgard like no they yeah they have whatever the medieval type people would be eating grapes and nuts um so they realize there's a very small window where kablooey exists and so like a four-year window there's a four-year window so what they do is they go and they go look up all apocalypses that happen in this four-year window and there's still a lot of them i guess because it's throughout the universe right yeah Although it seems to all be about the it's all about Earth, Earth from what yeah. we can tell, yeah. Um, and they hit on a couple of future events. So we know in 2050 there is going to be the extinction of the swallow. We know that in 2049 Krakatoa is going to explode again. Yeah. But what they come down to is 2050 Alabama, and there's a catastrophic hurricane yeah. that takes out a whole town called Haven Hills, and it's a corporate town, uh, and so, it's owned by Roxcart, which I guess is Roxon, right? It's got to be related to Roxxon, yeah. Yeah, like like yeah. Roxcart. I took. I got the feeling that that's their their supermarket name, like their Sam's Club is Roxcart. It's either their supermarket name or it's they had a merger at some point in the next thirty years. Yeah, yeah. This like not clear because we um, see a Roxxon sign in the first Iron Man. So, well, Roxxon is in right. Iron Man too. Justin Hammer is Roxxon. Oh, that's right. He is, isn't he? Yeah, Roxxon's established. I mean, like, Roxxon's yeah. established in the yeah. MCU, like, in a big way. So it's possible Roxcart is the name of their superstore, or it's possible that Roxcart is the name of the company after a merger. We don't really get enough information. Uh, th- this is what I can tell you about them. Their, their supermarket place, their Target, Walmart, whatever it is, is horribly set up. They're terribly set up. Yeah. They have one aisle that's just groceries. That's all it says. Groceries. There is, an, there is a... Uh, there is like a grooming needs next to small appliances. Yep, next uh, to groceries. That's a great, it's crazy. Like it's yeah. all, they're all, they're all directly next to each other. Like it's really weird. Like it's, it's a big enough superstore that there's like a huge hurricane shelter inside of it that the entire town is inside of. But at yeah. the same time, it is and, still. And they also have a huge section for gaming PCs. Alienware exists in 2050. Razor scooters exist in 2050. Dell and J lab. Both. Dell, make it I can't believe Dell. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the Alienware logo shows up, and I know there's somebody 
watching this show who thinks that's an Easter egg of some kind. Yeah. Because it's just alien head, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but no, it's Alienware. It's just product placement. This is actually the most clever product placement I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, it doesn't feel like out of place. Like, they're in a fucking supermarket. Yeah, like, yeah, they're just, in a supermarket. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. there's two ways you can do this scene. It can be all fake products or it can be real products. And, you know, it's a lot of real products. Although, again, Razor scooters in 2050. I don't, I don't know. I believe it, but. I believe it. So they show up. Um, Renslayer is not really psyched about sending a squad, but they Mobius convinces her. Yeah. And so they take the squad to Haven Hills in 2050 and they show up and there is this huge hurricane coming in. And like we come in, like it's a really good opening shot. Like there's like an electronic billboard, like welcome to Haven Hills. And then the wind blows and then lifts it up and you see everything's out of fire. Yeah. This like yeah. power tower comes down and crashes and breaks it to pieces. And yeah. um, everything is in terrible disarray. So it's quite clear. This by the way, this hurricane is quite clearly climate change. This is like one of these super storms that we're in for. This does yes. not seem too far. Because well, they're on the a coast. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this seems bit. like a reasonable thing to expect in the next couple of decades. Yeah. True horrifying superstorms that destroy Probably entire in cities. the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so they go into Rock's card into the store. There's a cute little moment where they come in, they're soaking wet, and Loki unwets himself. Yes. And, uh, and they're like, and what'd you just do? B15 is like, what'd you just do? And he's like, I use magic to myself dry, so I'm not squeaking uh, <laughs> everywhere like you guys. <laughs> So they're going to split up and they're going to look for the variant and B-15 demands that Loki go with her. Mobius doesn't want it. And they had this argument and she's like, we're going to go back to fucking TVA and hash this out. Like we're here. Like, well, let's just I, do it. I, I like too. She's like, if he's not dangerous, what's, what's the big deal with him? Come, or if he's not a threat, why can't he come with me? And Moby's like, he is a threat. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I really appreciate. So uh, I'm, I'm going to split this up and just talk about each little side thing because Mobius and his time and, and some of the Minutemen go into the civilian shelter where the people are. And some guy shows up. It's like, Oh, if you came with a helicopter, it's a great time to get us out of here because like there's women and children here. <clears throat> He's like, there isn't, there's is no helicopter. And then the minute th this also has my favorite sci-fi thing. Very back to the future where the name tags are led screens. Yeah. And the names just keep scrolling. Yeah, that, that reminded me of the cop hats in Back to the Future too. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, but while they're there with these people, some of the Minutemen just start rifling through their possessions and shit. <laughs> yeah. And Moby's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's they're like, "We're going to be dead anyway. It'll be dead anyway." And, and you know, uh, and well, he's like, "You're scaring people." He goes, "Well, they should be scared. They're going to be dead." Yeah. And he's like, "Moby says, no, they shouldn't be scared of us." Yeah. I like that. That's like a really good moment. Like it's that. A, it's a good small hero moment. It's a good person moment. I like that. Yeah, I think that as this show goes on and we realize that we're not really 100% sure who is good or not in this show, no. I think that really establishes that Mobius is good. That and the jet ski. That and the jet ski. Anybody who likes jet ski that much can't be well, all good. Just he has a simple dream. Yeah, exactly. He That's doesn't it. have a grandiose dream. He just, wants, he just yeah. wants to ride a jet ski one time. Yeah. Um, but so, he's never done it because he feels like it goes against regulations. So you know right. he's a good person who follows the rules. He's a good guy. Um, I have a suspicion that Loki is going to convince him not to follow the rules quite soon. Um, B-15 and Loki are wandering around. They find a guy uh, wandering around also, and he seems to be shopping for azaleas. <laughs> Which I love. He's like, they're 50% off. Hurricane sale. Hurricane sale. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. 
And B15 is like, could this be your variant? And Loki's like, I could be. I mean, I would wear a suit. Wear suits. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it, was really good. He has two good lines about the variants. One is that is like, I would wear a suit. And the other one is, I would never treat me like this. Well, there's also a bit in this episode. There's a running bit in this episode where Loki keeps talking about the um, uh, how he's the superior Loki. And yeah. the, the inferior variant. And then uh, eventually at one point, it's like, Mobius is like, no, obviously that's the superior variant since we've captured you. And you're yeah, like, yeah. like, it's quite clear, <laughs> which I really liked a lot. Yeah. Um, so, but it is Loki. And uh, this guy touches B-15 on the head and possesses B-15. And we begin to have a fight scene. And the fight scene happens that the variant Loki jumps from body to body. Yeah. But also the variant Loki is also behind the scenes setting up all of these. What are they called? The, uh, the, 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 the things that erase the, the time <clears throat> variant, the time bombs. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they're called, I, I, but right. She's the, the other Loki setting these up all over the place. And we see this happening at the same time, setting up a timer and everything like that. So, um, Mobius's guys finally go into a room and they discover, C20, who has been kidnapped. And she is like not in good shape. No. And she tells them that she has told Loki the location of the timekeepers. Which is interesting because, again, it seems like Mobius doesn't know where they are. He might know where they are. I guess. He's just never been in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that seems reasonable to me. Like, he might know, like, what the supposed. what the supposed location of them is like in the TVA building. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll find out what's going to, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I, um, there's this, there's this fight that's going on with Loki and the mind control people. It's pretty good because the, you know, like all of a sudden it's got a big giant redneck comes out and like, it's fun. Cause like they're fighting with like a Roomba and a vacuum. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun. I, I like when he he swings the vacuum at him, and the and the redneck Loki grabs it and then pulls on it like he's gonna pull Loki towards him, and it just snaps off. It's so <laughs> good. I really love that. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, that's I have a such a smart little gag to do. I have a lot of respect for this show because there's a version of this scene where like the fight is really cool. Yes, like using all of the items. This is not what we get. We get a fight that's like a little bit sloppy, awkward, and weird. And I I really appreciate that because it would be really easy to do a cool fight. And I'm sure they have like the stunt people available to do a cool fight. They definitely could have. Yeah, I'm sure they. It was discussed like because this show is. We discussed this last week as well. This show is running a very thin line of you can't make Loki too doofy, right? But he's pretty doofy, right? You know, because we've seen him fight real cool before with his knives and stuff. And they make a, a point in this episode that he gets his knives back for two seconds before they're taken away again. Right. He gets so, like, Mobius goes here just in case. Yeah. And then and then B15 goes, no way. No. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? You know, so we know he can fight, but we also know that he's probably not a great fighter. You know, he's better than most people, but like than like you and I, but like compared to like. A, a true warrior is nothing. That's not his thing. It, right. He's fighting. a backstabber. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like, again, there's a version of this where there's a cool fight. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, it's like, it's like in that first born movie, like where they're fighting like a toaster in the magazine, yeah. you know right. what I mean? Like it's, kills it's the guy just, with a magazine. Yeah. It's just yeah. like household items. Like it's super yeah. fucking cool. But like, I really respect that they don't go there. 
Um, so they had the fight, uh, and then eventually Loki gets beat up, and then he comes face to face with the actual variant. Yeah, and it is a female Loki. Yes, and not just a female Loki. So in 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 the in the well, the credits of so I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit off the what's on screen here. Okay, in the credits, I think in Spain they gave her name as Sylvie. Sylvie and. Earlier in the episode on some paperwork, you can see her name is Sylvie Luftendarter. Yeah. And so the thing is that it's pretty, it's pretty clear that this is a real Marvel character, most likely. Yes. Um, and it's the Marvel character at the beginning of this episode. I said I never imagined I would ever see in anything ever because she's not a character who's been well used, I think, in the comics, let alone like anything Certainly else. not in a long time. Um, and this character is named in the comics, Sylvie Lushton. And I want to go back in time because there was a storyline uh, many years ago that actually is reflected in the MCU now where Asgard um, landed in Oklahoma. Yes. And in the MCU, Asgard is now, I think, in New Zealand, right? In the MCU, it, it appears to be New Zealand. Yeah. Or Australia, one of these places. Yeah. But in the comics, at one point, uh, Asgard basically crashed in Oklahoma, and this girl, Sylvie, wakes up one day with magic powers and obviously tied in with the appearance of Asgard near her hometown in the middle of Oklahoma. And so she goes to New York City. She becomes a superhero. She tries to join the Avengers, and she takes on the name Amora the Enchantress, and she speaks like totally bullshit Asgardian because she's from Oklahoma, but she's like a vasty varlet. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. funny. It's cute. But then – over the storylines, it turns out that Loki um, not only gave her the powers, but may have created her from scratch. Yes. It's like very confusing. So um, she tried to be part of the Young Avengers. She was part of the Young Avengers. She was part of a, a, a fake version of the Young Avengers as well, um, sort of the Young Masters of Evil. Um, she did not last long in the Young Avengers, and she eventually became a villain. Yeah. Uh, more or less. Uh, but she really has like not a lot to do. And I don't think that she has appeared in a long time. I don't, th- uh, I don't think so, but I'm very far behind on my Marvel stuff. So who knows? And there's so I mean, much weird Marvel characters popping up all over. The like, world. I don't think she's been around in like six or seven years, like, like that long. Like, yeah. Like, when people talk about Lady Loki, they're not talking about this girl. This is no, not they're, they're talking, talking about, about for a while. Loki became a woman in right. the comics. Yeah, he just turned himself into a woman. He's like, I'm so there was like girl. Lady Loki talking about the show. There was going to be Lady Loki, and but that's not the same character version that's um, in 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 the comics. This seems to be this this, and she also is blonde too. Lady Loki's brunette, and yeah. and and, and more the Enchantress is in fact blonde, just yeah. like this Loki. So it's like a really weird choice, and I'm not really sure where they're going with it. I don't know if she's going to end up being a variant or if she's going to be working for a variant. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's definitely a variant, right? We know that, and they have, like I said, you can see in one. I mean, in, do we know that? Well, they keep saying she's a variant, at least. right? But and, do we and, know and, that she is? Oh, she, 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 but or she a variant? Well, she, no, she she definitively is because that's how they know they track the variants. The same as how they found Loki because he broke the timeline. Right? But is it so, possible that she's not a variant of Loki, but rather, in fact, a variant who's a working for a variant of Loki? I, that's very possible that that she's a variant, but she's she's not the variant. Yeah, know? because she talks about like Loki. I've I know that name. I remember that name. I don't like I being mean, called it. I mean, look. I think we all know she's not the variant, right? I mean, it, it feels like 
all of this is leading to Kang the Conqueror is destroying the TVA so he can mess with time. And that's going to connect into every movie that's coming. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Kang the Conqueror's origin story is in this fucking show. That's what it, it, it feels to me like Kang the Conqueror's origin story is in this show. And from this comes Spider-Man No Way Home, where there's characters from all over the place, and uh, uh, Quantumania, where they're going to face off against Kang, and uh, 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 Multiverse of Madness, where it's the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> because now the TVA is not there making sure that the multiverse doesn't expand. Well... Let's talk about this when we get to the to the sort of wrap up because there's a right. lot of stuff to talk about, like sort of the larger questions that this episode raises and that this show is going at. The thing is that in this scene, it's revealed that this this lady Loki Sylvie um, doesn't just have a couple of time bombs; she's got like a hundred time bombs. Yeah, she's apparently killed a lot of TVA teams. It seems like that might be the case, right? So she's got a lot of fucking time bombs and she has them all set up around the store on the shelves and she has them to a timer. And at first I was like, oh shit, is this going to like fucking be like a huge atom bomb time bomb? But no, that's not the case. Every one of them is attached to a little time door. Yep. And when the timer goes off, they all drop to the little time door. Yes. And we cut to the TVA where like the guys are just sort of like monitoring the sacred timeline. The guys that just sit there and sit there all day and nothing ever happens. And one guy who I believe has a fake mustache on. Yes, he sure does look like a fake mustache. It's good. Um, they suddenly realize things are bad, that there are gazillions of branches happening on the timeline all at once. They because call them all time these, bombs. We have time bombs going off. We have time bombs going off. They're bombing. There's a bombing on the sacred timeline. Yeah. And each of these bombs drop in through the through, through time, they end up in some time period. They erase the immediate moments in time, and yeah. that creates a variant in in yeah. that moment. And there's hundreds of them, or thousands, maybe. It's like not even clear how. There's a lot of them, and all across is, time and Earth space, because <clears throat> yes, everything on on that screen is a different place on Earth. Right, and they got a, it's all places we've seen before. And there's no like, oh, no, actually, I think they have Hala is one of the places. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, so it's not all Earth. It's just all places we've seen on the MCU before. They're not like yeah. showing us new locations. So this, so there's a gazillion Nexus events happening, and uh, the uh, the the team in the twenty twenty fifty realize that shit's going bad. Lady Loki leaves through this time door and Loki's laying there looking at it. And all of a sudden Mobius comes out and sees Loki laying in front of the time. door. like, Loki, no, no, Loki, no. Wait, and comes like, wait, running. Wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> and Loki gets up and he runs through the time door and it closes behind him. And that's the end of the episode. Yes. What'd you think of this one? I greatly enjoyed it. Like I, I love, I could watch, hours of Loki and, and Mobius just sitting around talking. 100%. Like, like, like their discussion when when Loki's like like come on you don't believe in this do you? These space lizards that control time and you work for them and he's like like where'd you come from? <laughs> like, like let's look, like, like let's look at your entire history. That makes sense to you? That you're a frost <laughs> giant that was raised by Odin, god like the god of all things? Like come on, really? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I like I love all of that stuff and discussing like how time works and and, and you know I I think the two of them have a great chemistry together. 
you know, I'm, I'm very concerned that, that we're going to be sitting through an episode next week where they're not together and that's going to bum me I out. feel like that's most likely going to be the case. Yeah. yeah. That's going to make me sad. But, uh, uh, that makes the most sense. I mean, like, because obviously they split up at the end of this episode and Loki gets away. Um, yeah, this is a great fucking episode. Yeah. This show is so good. And like, you know, honestly, like the first episode or two of Falcon Winter Soldier was really terrific. And then I, it's kind of petered out as it went. But I, this feels way stronger than any of the previous Marvel shows at this point. Like this is a really strong start. I would agree. I, I, I agree. It's a strong start. I don't know. Like, I mean, we all know how I felt about the first two episodes of WandaVision. So we can skip that conversation. And if you don't <laughs> go listen to the, the first episode of this podcast. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier opened the best action sequences in the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? And and then it's all it's kind of downhill from there for a little bit. But uh, this one, I f- it's funny because Falcon and Winter Soldier was the one I was like, that's the buddy cop comedy show. This feels more like a buddy cop comedy. This feels like almost like Midnight Run, you know? Right. And I love that aspect to it. I, I absolutely love watching the two of them together. I feel like we get a lot of time with them together that on Falcon and Winter Soldier, it always felt like they were rushing through those scenes of like, you know, like the scene when they, they sit down for therapy together, which might be the best scene in the entire series of Falcon and Winter Soldier, but they go through it in like five minutes and then they're dumped that, you know, it's like, okay, we did that. We don't have to do that kind of thing again. This show keeps doing that. And I, at least so far, and I really like that. And I love the design of the show. I think it's a very interesting look. Uh, I think they compared to the other two shows. It feels like they really spent a lot of time building it out. The universe around them out. And I think it's very interesting. And, I, and I, I don't know how much of that. Like I've seen people online be like, you can really feel COVID affecting Loki. It's like, I don't. I feel like nothing was changed for, for COVID for this show. I'm sure things were, but I don't know what it would be because. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's funny. We when we talk about Falcon Winter Soldier, especially the final episodes, we had a listener chime in and tell us that like his wife works in the industry, and um, there was a point in the COVID protocol days where you just couldn't have a lot of people on set at once. So all these empty scenes where characters are walking around empty rooms, but that doesn't happen here. There's always somebody in the background, and it makes each of the scenes feel bustling and full. And and one thing they do is like when they're sitting there eating like like having their their snacks or whatever and they're talking about uh uh this the the jet ski there's not too many people in the background but they have it going on for infinity so it seems right. like this is why it's not crowded cuz loads of people work for the TVA but this is literally an endless lunchroom it just goes on for infinity nobody needs to sit next to each other either way you look it just goes it just keeps going and so you and you can see like what's obviously probably CG figures in the background, way in the background, just kind of moving around and it works. It's like, yeah, of course. You know, and when they go into that main room in the TVA, there's tons of people in there. Every station is filled up and like, you know, it I it never feels like it's not it, it, like like 
it's not moving the way it was supposed to move. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of scenes in Falcon and Winter Soldier where they're standing around like in courtyards and there's not a person around and it feels weird and it feels airless, but that's not here. There's a lot of good, a lot of extras, a lot of, a lot of bustling activity in each of the scenes. Um, when they show up, you know, even though they don't have a ton of extras in the superstore, there's enough that you feel like there's activity. They, they, um, they fill the, the shot is the important thing. Like like right. we, we, we see the, the hurricane shelter and we see a corner of it. And there's like seven people. So you imagine, okay, and they're all crowded together. So you imagine, okay, the whole place is probably really full. Like you don't see it all, but your brain tells you that. Like, okay, it's full. Don't worry about it. And then you just move on, you know? They don't do wide open spaces so much in this, I guess. I mean, they do some, but like they're very careful how they're shooting the TVA. They're blocking it really well. They can have three guys in a shot. It looks like a full room. I mean, Pompeii, that one scene in Pompeii, it's all in one spot. But it's all on stage. They're on stage. They're on one stage. There's a lot of extras in that shot. Yeah. There's a fair amount. Like it feels full. The Ren Fair is full. The Ren Fair is very full. I imagine that must have been filmed pre-COVID. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, we'll. Fi- I guess we'll find out one day when this show is over if they do one of these making ofs and if this is when they address COVID, unlike WandaVision, when they didn't address COVID. I am curious sort of like what the timeline was because, yeah, I mean, I none of this feels um, – None of this feels airless. I, this is such a great fucking episode, though, and and you know, it's just it's fun. It's really funny. It's really nerdy, like in a deep way, not just like in terms of like deep Marvel cuts, but like the <laughs> conversations about time and stuff like that are really like incredible. Well, one thing I saw too connecting to this episode is in the bit where Loki is talking to Miss Minutes. And he's like, are you a recording or are you a living thing? And she's like, kind of a bit of both. And an interview with the director of the series was like, Miss Minutes has her own personal storyline that runs through this series. Like she goes through some very, some questions about her own existence. And you'll see that throughout the rest of the series. And it's like, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's got a lot of really great concepts and stuff going on, and it's really funny. And again, this episode, a lot of talking again, a lot of them sitting in the lunchroom talking. Yeah. But it doesn't feel boring. And then no. at the end, it feels big at the end. Like, it feels like a big event has happened, and um, that was really exciting, too. Like, because the show, I felt like I knew what the show was in episode two, and then when this episode ended, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't know what the show is. This is exciting. There's six yes. episodes. Maybe every two episodes are going to switch it up on me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it and it, but it also felt very in character. Yeah, Loki's oh, going yeah, through yeah, that yeah. door without a doubt. Loki's going through that door, and the whole conversation Loki has with other Loki with, with Sylvie is a very Loki thing. You know, where he's, he's like, "I'm going to take over the time variance, and you can be my lieutenant." Like all, like still so full of himself, even though all he ever does is fail. And it's like, right. it's great. It works so well. Well, what's really great about this show, the premise of the show, is that because it's Loki from 2012, I think if it was like Loki from 2018, it wouldn't be the same because that character had like softened or whatever by then. You yeah. know, by the, by the time they got to Ragnarok. But this is the non-softened, very goofy Loki who just got pummeled by the Hulk. Like I, that, that really, they're really writing to that in a nice way. This is this is glorious burden Loki. Yes, yeah. and they're, they're truly writing or to glorious that, purpose, nice. rather not burden. Yeah, yeah, burden with glorious purpose. Burden with glorious um, purpose. Yeah, yeah and so uh, I really loved it, and I'm I'm really curious where it's going to go. There was a thing I want to go back to a little bit about some of these Kang stuff, right? So Kang obviously going to he may not show up in the show. Remember, we all were convinced Doctor Strange was going to show up in Wandavision. Yes. They actually yeah. had written it 
Yes. That's and how much. I decided not to do yeah, it. Yeah. But so I'm not going to say that Kang is going to definitely show up in the, this. He might. The actor playing Kang says that he's not in it. So there you go. He could be lying. He but, could be know. lying. I mean, that's the thing. So who knows? I mean, he might get mentioned at some point. But the thing is, a really fascinating theory that I saw come up. We know that the Infinity Stones don't work wherever the TVA is. Yep. We know that the TVA is someplace where time doesn't work the same way it works here. Yeah. What if the TVA is in the quantum realm? Oh, that's interesting. Where the um, snap didn't reach into the quantum realm. Mm. And where we know there's a city in the quantum realm. Yeah. And we know time works very differently in the quantum realm. We don't know how, but we know that yeah. it does. Yeah. And we know that Kang is going to show up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yes. So, like, wouldn't that make a tremendous amount of sense that the TVA might be in the quantum realm? That makes a lot of sense. That isn't what I would do in a comic book, but in a in a in a, in a cinematic TV show universe, I might do that to keep things connected. Yes, I agree. Like in a comic book, they just exist in the space outside time. The end. They'd be the um, bleed. Yeah. Yeah. But in this sort of thing, where it's aimed partially at normies, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it makes. That makes a whole lot of sense. Actually. So it's interesting. So I'm very curious about it. I'm very curious. Um, it has become quite clear that this episode seems to be creating the multiverse. But, yeah. Because we've been told that once these things go past the red line, it's all fucked. That's it. That's everything screwed. Yeah. We, we, and which was very interesting that the the first episode opened telling us that the multiverse does not exist. Which right. I thought was interesting. Well, where it used to exist, but no longer does. Yeah. Yeah. And now it does again. Yeah, it does again. So I wonder if um, the other question people had online was, you know, once upon a time they had to hold back a Spider-Man trailer until Endgame came out. Yeah. Because the Spider-Man trailer was all about Tony Stark being dead. Yeah. And there's a lot of questions about whether or not they are holding back the Spider-Man trailer again until a specific episode of Loki that establishes the multiverse. That makes sense. That does make some sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I mean, also, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Well, right? Spider-Man knows this. Isn't it? Aren't they well, just filming that? They just finished it. That's coming out next year. Spider-Man's coming out in December. Oh, that's true. Spider-Man that's really soon. <laughs> like, Jesus. We God. haven't seen a, a thing, a single thing from it. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. coming out in six months. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, once upon a time, we were getting teaser trailers a year in advance for movies all the time. Now we're getting nothing. Yeah. So it's interesting, huh? Pretty crazy. So I'm loving the show. I'm really hoping that um, the show does not let me down, but I think the quality of writing and the confidence of the line they're walking between science fiction, fun and comedy is just so good that I really feel very confident. Yeah. I think, I think they're doing a really good job with it. I think the cast is very strong and um, so far I haven't, no, no real complaints. I've nitpicky stuff, but that's just nitpicky garbage. Wow, so, I've never heard you say something like that. Yes, you have. I've said it before. Good liar. Uh, I mean, I brought up one of the nitpicky things last week, where it's like I just, I wish that they could do something different than everything looks like it's from the past for a place that is all about the future, you know. But that's the easy way to make people understand what it is. So I get right. it. But like it just kind of bumps me out a little bit. Well, I just also it's just like a fun visual. People, yeah, like it's it. a fun visual, and, and and instantly people recognize it and know what's going on. And you don't want to have to spend twenty minutes explaining what everything is. You know, right. I get it. I full, I one hundred percent understand why they do it. It's just like 
oh, I wish it was a little more <laughs> looking. Yeah. But I get it. And it's probably also easier on the budget at the end of the day because you can just go get a TV from 1975 and put it up on the wall and be like, there you go. That's the thing is like some of the stuff that they have in there is like old synthesizers and shit like that that they have just like, you yeah. know, plugged in different wires into whatever. So <laughs> I did wonder that watching the episode, they're in the, the rocks cart uh, place. And I was like, they do they have to build an entire shopping mall like place every time they do this kind of thing? Or do they just have like an empty one they go to and shut no, shoot like that was that in terms of like set design, because of the um lighting where you can't see beyond two two yeah, I, I mean this they clearly did, but I was thinking about like other shows and stuff like there's gotta be this is where we film supermarket stuff, right? Like, like, like are, Scrubs was like, that. this is the hospital every show and movie uses when they need to film a hospital. It's just this empty hospital that's become. Yeah. So there's a, a couple, hospital. there's a couple of studios that you can. So here's the thing. So on the individual lots, very few of the individual lots have standing sets of any kind. They'll have outdoor spaces. Yeah. Um, uh, some of which you'll see again and again and again. Paramount has like a city street that everybody uses. It's very, you see it a million times on yeah. um, universal, universal has suburban has streets. Whole, yeah. Um, but there are some studio spaces that have standing sets like courtroom sets or bar sets or whatever that you can rent. And it's, it, there's a couple of them, but also in terms of a show like this, it's very plausible. They just turn to the production design people and say, okay, just whip us up like three aisles of a supermarket. Yeah, I mean, this was all filmed in, in Atlanta, Atlanta. right? Yeah. So I can't imagine that they just at the Marvel lot there. The no, they don't have there, a they're like, no, they just, they, they, they whipped up three, three aisles, you know, and then yeah. they shot it from different angles and they just hang, they just hung for different angles. They hung different signs. That was they it. Did, they they did not hang different signs. They had four signs in that. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching. So that's the way that works. You know. All right. I think we like this one a whole lot. We're looking forward to next week quite a bit. Um, Speaking of next week, in the next couple of days, we're going to be recording our episode of Watchmen about Darkman, the Sam Raimi superhero movie. I got thoughts. I bet you do. Uh, and while that's going to be coming out next week. Um, we're going to record that this weekend while my girlfriend's out of town. I feel bad making her sit in the living room silently while I record here in the bedroom. We have a very small apartment. <laughs> and the, the, the good news is if everything's moving to Wednesdays, then she'll just have to do it one night because we'll have to night. record all of this at, this, at once. We'll do like uh, four-hour marathons. Apparently. Uh, and then uh, speaking of things that air Wednesdays, we also have a show called The Bad Batch. And that is coming on Monday right now. Yeah, Monday right now. Um, both of these shows are available only to subscribers of the Patreon. The Patreon is patreon.com slash cinema sangha. Sangha is spelled S-A-N-G-H-A. And for $1 a month, you get The Bad Batch. And that's four episodes a month. And we talk about Star Wars TV shows. Right now we're talking about the cartoon show The Bad Batch. Later on, we'll talk about the Mandalorian season three. We'll talk about the book of Boba Fett. We'll talk about all that stuff. Maybe one day we'll get airs. back to Rebels. Perhaps one day we'll get back to Rebels. We were in the middle of t- talking about Rebels when the really new Star Wars show stuff. started. <laughs> uh, and then uh, once a month, we have Watchmen. Watchmen is a show where we do a deep dive into a superhero movie. For the first couple of episodes, we did older ones. Um, and the new one we're going to be doing Darkman, but starting in July, we're going to be doing a big run of new movies, starting with Black Widow. So if you're a Marvel fan and you're listening to Marvel Vision and you want to hear us talking about Black Widow, it's only going to be on Watchmen. Yeah. And so which, subscribe. As we record this, Black Widow first impressions are coming out. Yeah, they're all horseshit. But um, I mean, <laughs> not that I think it was any 
bad or anything like that, but these first impressions are always absolute horseshit. Having you, been in that business. Are you saying the ones that say like, this is the best solo movie Marvel has made yet is not yeah. true? It's just absolute horseshit. Yeah. It's just, it's it's legitimately embarrassing. But, you know, what are you going to do? These things always are embarrassing um, because it's like the junket crowd that sees it first and the junket crowd traditionally are just essentially whores. Um, and they'll say anything nice so that they can keep getting invited back. I'm sure it's pretty good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not any good. But with these things, you'll always notice that first wave is super fucking positive. And then as you get closer to release, each wave of reviews gets a little more tempered. Yeah. Um, uh, invariably. You know, um, so I, you know, don't, I'm not going to like hold my fucking breath, but we'll see what happens. I'm sure it's okay. going to be a good movie. I, I'm sure it'll be, to be a, what I would say is a bad Marvel movie. Like there are ones I don't like as much as others, but none of them were like, this is terrible. Well, yeah. Thor be, two, I think is pretty yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah. That's pretty bad. All the Thors. I, I'm not a big fan of any of them. Um, Loki is my favorite Thor thing so far. Look at that. <laughs> it's the first one that's two hours and I've enjoyed. So go subscribe. It's $5 a month for Watchmen. It is $1 a month for the Bad Batch. If you subscribe at the $5 level, you also get Bad Batch. And so you get both of those podcasts. So it's a lot of podcasts from us. And in the meantime, we will see you again here next week. Derek, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Woolhat. You can find me on the internet at DevonCF. And until we meet again, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe. May you be well, but most of all, may you remain a true believer.